Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Hey, welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross-Sections. Today we are talking about Alita Battle Angel. Before we get into that though, let's go around the table and say who's here. Jason. I am Ben Young. Andrew's back. I'm Bill Jarvis. Alright. Uh, Who are you? Oh, and I'm your host, Colin. Corbin um, Brando. Corbin, Corbin Brando. Call on Brandon. <laughs> I was going to say, up until that moment where you forgot to introduce yourself, that was the most cohesive yeah, intro we've ever that had. Was. And I had to fuck it up. Nah, it's it, fine. It's oh, funny, every time it? I forget that name, Jason, something pops out to remind me. I think uh, your My sister on Facebook. No, your wife tagged me in. Oh, did she say Corbin Brando? Yeah. Okay, I thought that was Christy, but maybe not. No, it was, it was your wife. Um, Sorry, Jason. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Rate us uh, on iTunes. It's um, not bad anymore. So anyways, Alita, Battle Angel, yes. came out in, was it February 2019? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh... Directed by Robert Rodriguez. Of Spy Kids fame. Written by James Cameron. And also, I'm going to, this is a name. Uh, Leda Caligridis? Caligridis? Doesn't sound Japanese, so I can't pronounce it. Crushed it. Crushed it. Um, she actually, here, I'm sorry, let me pull this up. Okay, so just a few things that she's done. Uh, Alexander, 2004. Ooh. Yeah. It's a movie about Alexander. Which, honestly... They Wait, get a lot of things that... wrong, but they also get a lot of things right. So I, I was actually, about to I say, isn't that movie like a complete and total bastardization of Alexander? Well, that's the one with Angelina Jolie, right? Yeah. Right, but there's the, isn't it like the theatrical version, and then there's like the, the director's cut, yeah, director's version, which I recommend like five watching. Five hours long. I recommend watching. I watched it over like three it nights. It should on still Netflix. be on Netflix. Might, yeah. might oh, not wow. be. Right, um, check it out. There's also uh, Nightwatch 2004, Pathfinder. You remember that movie? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> With, uh, what, what Not based on the role-playing game. Yeah, Carl Urban running around Canada. <laughs> we saw that in theaters opening night. <laughs> it was not what we expected. Uh, Shutter Island. Oh, uh, that's she, one I haven't seen. Uh, also executive producer for Birds of Prey, the show. She is, really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, Bionic Woman. Uh, she co-wrote the screenplay for Terminator Genesis and Alita Battle Angel. Can't win them all. Uh, you sure can't. And then I think, oh shit, there was something else that she did that I oh, found interesting. <sighs> no, Altered Carbon. She's an executive producer in Altered oh, Carbon. Oh. Yeah. So I, I had no idea who she was, and I have. There's a, a lot of hits in there. Couple yeah. misses. <clears throat> a lot of hits. Can you blame the misses on her? Who knows? Can't win them all. Yeah. Um, uh, budget was 170 million. I think they filmed it in like three months down in Texas. Uh, at Robert Rodriguez's studio. I forget what it's called. Ridley <clears throat> Rodriguez Land? It's called OSS. Is that what it's called? They filmed it in Robert Rodriguez's swimming pool in Texas <laughs> for $170 million. <laughs> swimming pool filled with sand. It's just bullshit enough that it actually passes. Could be true. Troublemaker Studios. Uh, $170 million to film came in total global box office $405. Million. Just about. Just short. Just short. Dollars. Four hundred and four point nine. But yeah. All right. So it made it back. I don't know why they did the point nine. Pretty good. It's like Pretty just good. 
just if only I would have seen it in theaters. Uh, I didn't see it in theaters. No, I don't, it did not interest me. And I, I, will say now, I will say now that I regret not going to see it in theaters. Well, interestingly, I remember the lead up to this film. The uh, lead up? The uh, lead up. I hate you. To this film. Thank you for that, Miller. Um, as a gift. Anytime. I feel like. It's a treasure. I remember like fall of 2018 starting to see trailers for this. And I'm not a big fan of like the CG heavy, like modern sci-fi movies that we kind of, you know, we, I guess see. Um, you didn't like Jupiter ascending. I didn't well, see it. Sorry. Let me, let me do put it not this way. talk about Jupiter ascending. I'm rolling my <laughs> eyes. I'm shaking my head. I saw it in theaters with the Wachowskis present. And Did I you almost, really? So, Wait, so, is that a true story? That's a true story. I was at the uh, I was at the premiere. I'm sorry, Jason. This is more important. <laughs> that was three tickets sold. Yeah, Did right? they apologize at the end? <laughs> they, they doubled um, down. Yeah, no. It, I this was back when um, my brother-in-law was only um, a general manager and not a regional manager oh. for AMC Theater. So I used to go with him to these big events and. Um, this was one such event. I think it was actually, it was either the film festival or it was just a special screening of Jupiter Ascending. But the Wachowskis were present and um, they did not apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking garbage disaster. He hasn't talked to him since. Well, I wouldn't. So, so oh, I, well, no, I, I think all I was trying to say there is it's kind of difficult for me nowadays if I go to see a movie and you see a trailer or trailers before the movie starts it's kind of, I don't know about if you guys feel the same way, but it's kind of difficult to get excited about much because the way trailers are kind of composed and shot these days. So you never really know. I, I feel like there's been a lot of films I've I've seen after the fact that the trailers it did nothing for me, didn't excite me at all. And then late night, it's two in the morning and it's like, oh shit, what am I going to watch? Oh, okay, well, this is on Amazon Prime now. So I watched the movie and it's like, whoa, this is great. But the trailer looked like total shit. So it was one of those things where I remember... I, I saw the first trailer, I was kind of like, oh, what is that? But then as more and more trailers started coming out in the lead-up to the release, I was hyped for this, and I missed it in theaters. Wanted to see it, must have had a bunch of stuff going on, but I did not see it in theaters. I didn't see it until maybe three months ago? Yeah, okay. I think in the summer? I think I'm in the same boat I just watched it yesterday. Yeah, today yeah. was the first day that I'd um, ever seen it. So, this... <laughs> This is a reoccurring theme now. This was in production hell. Yeah. This idea, first off, it's it is based off of a manga from yeah. the early nineties. It's uh by, based on the uh, the original manga by Yukito Kishiro. Perfect. I was gonna say. I mean, I I'm the only one who's actually read any of the manga, so also today, that makes me the resident expert. Mm -hmm. If if the dubious honor of resident expert of a battle angel all the rest of us can just judge it based on its own merits. It doesn't stand on its own merits. <laughs> um, uh, it stands on the shoulders of a giant. So, no, this was actually believe it or not, the names keep dropping here. Guillermo del Toro oh, introduced Cameron to this uh, this manga manga, whatever you want to say it. Um, and Cameron was like floored by it. He loved it. He yeah. wanted to make it into a movie. Wow. As of 2000, he was registering dot um, coms or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Well, yeah, the interesting thing about this, this was kind of like James Cameron's passion project post uh, Avatar. Yeah, it was during Avatar. He 
had the idea and it was like, mm-hmm. once I finish Avatar, I'm going to focus on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there was a quote where he just said Avatar was more important towards uh, environmental awareness. So that's why he wanted to focus on it first. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but no, they, I don't know if it's going to happen now because we will say that uh, this was like the last big movie Fox made before they were uh, bought by Disney. Yeah. Um, and it's up to Disney whether or not they want to pour the money. I think they will. I think there's enough there that they would want to make more. But that's why they I switched mean, it from uh, Battle Angel Alita to Alita Battle Angel with the colon there because it's going to be Alita Fallen Angel. Alita well, Angels Never Die. Whatever. You know, <laughs> Rusty Angel James is the Cameron, name of the first uh, chapter. James Cameron, Robert Rodriguez, and uh, Rosa Diaz. Sorry. Salazar, it's Rosa Salazar. Salazar. Who's Rosa Diaz? Anyway. <laughs> That's from Cameron <laughs> Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, uh, Rosa Salazar have all expressed that it seems unlikely that this is going to get a sequel. Right. Which is a big bummer. I mean, it, it barely made it barely made double its its budget. Which, like nowadays, when if you aren't making eight hundred million bucks on a movie, you're not getting a sequel. So, especially like a blockbuster like this. So it's a bit of a um, bummer. We're gonna get into it later, but I will say it is a bummer we're not getting another one because this felt like seventy five percent of the movie. Guys. Okay, yeah. I will be positive. I, I do want to see more, but uh, also starring you said Rosa Salazar, also starring Christoph Waltz, Keenan Johnson. I'm not familiar with anything he's done before. Uh, Was that on. Hugo? Yes, most forgettable. Yeah. Movie. Oh yeah. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> well, he's dead. Yeah. So. Uh, Mahershala spoilers. Ali. Wonderful. Very, well, uh, very underused. Yeah. I think he could have been used a lot more. Jennifer Connelly. Was that um Vector? Yes. Also, uh, Nucky Thompson from Luke Cage. Yes. Yes. Um, Jennifer Connelly. Uh, she did oh, okay. Oh, yeah. And Casper fucking Van Dean was in the movie. Did you guys catch that? I did Casper not. Casper Van... Who is that? That's Johnny Rico. Who take, was he? Let's just take a moment, ladies and gentlemen. This is for all you new people. I only have one rule. Everyone fights. No one quits. If you don't do your job, I'll kill you myself. Do you get me? We you, Welcome to the Roughnecks. Rico's Roughnecks! Oh, Starship Troopers. I've never seen Starship When are we going to do Starship Troopers for the cast? Haven't, haven't you guys done it? I already? would love to do it again. Fuck that. Um, anyways, uh, Casper Van Dien um, plays Johnny Rico in Starship Troopers, but he was in a very quick scene when there's a flashback when, Christoph, spoiler, Christoph Waltz's character's daughter dies. Oh, he is the... That's the junkie that, like, got it. You know, pushes her out of her... That's, that's cool. Oh, okay. That's Casper Van Dien. I did not catch it. And then as soon as I read the name, I was like, that was Casper Van Dien. Okay. Also a little cameo from Edward Norton. That was yes. I was like Uncredited. trying to like figure out. I was like, that's is that um uh Tobin Bell? And it's like, no, that's fucking Edward Norton. Yeah. Once he took the glasses off, I was the, like, yeah, he, he did, did the, the anime glasses. glasses. <laughs> that, no, it's reverse of anime glasses, because normally you're pushing it up. Oh, so yeah. not just him, but also Michelle Rodriguez did not receive uh, credit in the... Uh, yeah, because they're going to be sequel people. Yes, who they want I read that, and who was Michelle Rodriguez in the movie? I missed her. Uh, no. Michelle Rodriguez. Was she one of the hunter killers? No, she was, she was uh, Gelda, a Martian cyborg the, commander from the 23rd century. She was the oh! one that was training Alita in the, in, the, in the flashbacks. That? You, you could barely see that it's Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, no, I mean, well, she had the big old anime eyes. Yeah, that's exactly it. And there's also Jai Courtney. I know we're all big fans. 
but big fans of him. He was in, a, in there. Uncredited. He was a street hobo. No, he played one of the uh, the I robot know. racer boys. I know, I'm joking. I um, like him. But he was players. also, they meant to expand on his character in the sequels. So. I saw a meme. <laughs> Jai Courtney made me laugh. Like, quit trying to make Jai Courtney a thing. It's not going <laughs> to be a thing. That's mean. I like Jai in some things. Uh, he was actually good in Spartacus. Yeah. You didn't see it. No, but I know. But there's other things here. You want me? You want me to stop and yeah, take a Die list? Yeah, Die Hard Five. He was great in that. No, uh, <laughs> like literally, the dude's hit and miss. Yeah, we're gonna play this game then. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is the Jai Courtney was segment the, of sci-fi. I will give section. him credit. He was the third best Kyle Reese. Before this, he was in some some movie called Storm Boy. He was in Wet Hot American Summer. Ten years uh, later, I think he was in a movie called The Exception, and it has Donald. Sutherland, it looks like. Oh no, that's Christopher Plummer. So like, that's got to be good. <laughs> We're talking a lot about who was in this movie, and not a lot about this movie. I haven't seen it. Terminator. You this movie to, Terminator you know, Genesis. You oh, you're talking about Alita. I thought I you were. I thought you were talking. About, I thought you were talking about, about the exception. Sorry. No, I don't know I'm what the exception the is. All right, fine. Welcome let's to, talk about the, Alita. The Jai Courtney podcast. There's not much to talk about with this movie. Oh, like, so we're gonna talk for like five minutes and then be done. Are you kidding? There's, there's no, some stuff. It looked really about. cool. I had a lot of fun. Later, All right, did you well, see? Thanks, the end. Ben. Thanks for your right, contributions ben. today. Let's move on. Ben's walking to his car. He's getting away in his car. Oh, Alita's going after him. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, why don't I jump into a synopsis? I would love for you, you to jump into a synopsis. That's yes. what we need. I always have one ready. I'm. Oh, no, I lost it. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I got to start drinking. Brinking. <laughs> I got to start bringing like three more White Claws of this thing. Uh, all right. When Alita awakens with no memory of who she is in the future world she does not recognize, she is taken in by Ido, a compassionate doctor who realizes that somewhere in this abandoned cyborg shell is the heart and soul of a young woman with an extraordinary past. As Alita learns to navigate her new life in the treacherous streets of Iron City, Ido tries to shield her... What are you shaking your head for? It's Ido. Ido. I don't care. Ido, That's culturally, ins culturally insensitive. Oh, really? Yeah, he, the uh, the character is German. Christoph Waltz is German, but um, it's based off of uh, the character who is. So you're telling there. me they whitewashed him? Mm -hmm. Then yeah, I'll give the it's amount of care they did. It's supposed to be Daisuke Ito, not Dyson Ito. That's really funny. Ito tries to shield her from her mysterious history, while he, while her street-smart new friend Hugo offers instead to help trigger her memories. But it is only when the deadly and corrupt forces that run the city come after Alita that she discovers a clue to her past. She has unique fighting abilities that those in power will stop at nothing to control. If she could stay out of their grasp, she could be the key to saving her friends, her family, and the world she's grown to love. That's a pretty good synopsis, actually. Yeah, yeah it's written by 20th Century Fox. <laughs> they would know. <laughs> I'd hope. If this isn't painfully obvious, this is a manga adaptation. So did they do an anime, or is this like the first adaptation no, they of did it do, ever? Um, there was an anime, there was a two-episode, uh, what they call an OVA, which is original video animation, um, just called Battle Angel. And um, I, I haven't watched it, um, but I, it, it covers just kind of the first volume of Alita. Um, of which there are 
honestly, a lot of this movie is pretty faithful to the book. And like, what would you call this movie's plot? Is it like the first volume of the manga? So the plot of this movie is it's a it's a combination. This is literally the Hollywoodifying of the f- first two volumes, which are the f- which are the first uh, roughly twelve chapters, mixed with other parts of the manga volumes that won't happen for like a while. So like um, Nova, who is featured in this movie, um, he doesn't show up until I haven't read all of the manga, but he doesn't show up. Um, until at least the third volume, which is um, chapters 13 through um, 18, possibly up until the fifth volume. He doesn't, he doesn't show up and he's not even name dropped until like way later in the, uh, in the manga. Fair enough. Okay. But I think they, they did want to feed. Well, yeah, you need set up for the the following sequels. If you want to start a franchise, you need a big bad guy. Oh, yeah, you need an overarching enemy because Vector isn't even hardly anybody in this. He shows up in the second volume and he's not like this big like guy who's got a lot of power um, over uh, in the manga. It's called Scrapyard, um, but Junk City is fine. He's nobody. He's like a he's a top level um, body part thief like he kind of like controls people he controls minions who sort of go out and 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 hugo actually that's one of the things that his character does in the manga is that he um him and his crew go out uh, accost people and steal their spinal columns because that's the one component they can't roboticize that actually been would have been way fucking cooler it there's a yeah like it would have been better, I think. Um, but it's you've got to make this movie accessible for a wide audience. Yeah, and I, I appreciate it that they like move stuff around and, and things. Because when you... I mean, it's shown time and time again when you try and adapt like a full like book of something. Like page for page, chapter for chapter. It doesn't work. The first... Except scene. for Watchmen. <laughs> the well, first... it, it, he made it better. It's his best yeah. film. But uh, The um, first three volumes do not translate to a cohesive film. Yeah. If you're watching this uh, or if you're reading it as a manga, it's fine because volume one is an arc. Volume two is an arc. Volume three is an arc. It's not, you know, it's not like a show where it's like, you know, things are carrying over from first season to second season. You know, this isn't where maybe something happens in a movie and then it carries over. This is right. manga is a pretty concise form that's composed mainly of arcs. They got to, they got to treat it like a comic book adaptation. Exactly. Yeah, you pull from, which it is, it's, you know, it's just a comic book adaptation at the well, end of the day. It's manga is a, yeah. I mean, it's 2019 though. So like if they wanted to go for the wide appeal thing, I feel like the stealing spinal columns arc would probably get them like a hard PG but truthfully, I just I don't I don't feel like that really would have been, you know, too out there. If they wanted to give this movie a hard like NC-17 rating, they could have because the manga is brutal. The um, the sort of like the big hulking. Um, the big hulking sort of uh, guy, um, uh, Grushka, he in the manga is he's he does have a bounty they say just like he doesn't have a bounty on him he's in the manga he's got a bounty on him he uh he's just this maniac who lived all of his life into the sewer in the sewers until he got a chance to come up to the service world 
and he fed exclusively on people's brains because he was an endorphin addict. Hmm. It's yeah. So he's routinely cutting off people's heads and chomping them into his giant. Oh. Like, yeah, it's so he's Siler. I don't know what that is. Oh, shame. Was that a deleted scene? By any chance? I don't know. I still have the movie from Redbox. I can check it out. <laughs> check it out. Let me know. Well, we're talking a lot about the similarities and differences of the manga, but maybe we should shift a bit and talk well, I about. I wanted to pull back into the film, the movie now, and uh, I want to talk about this world that was created here. I, that's actually one of the things I found most intriguing about this movie was the world. Um, I was sitting there trying to like, why did they go with such a like a Spanish colonial architecture. It's in Paris, is it not? No, that made no sense. Anyways, uh, <laughs> fuck you. The church looked like Notre Dame. I said Spanish colonial, right? Well, and I was I, trying to be like, but you're wrong. It's in Paris. No, it's but not. So here's the wrong. thing. In February 2019 interview, Cameron revealed that he set the floating city of Salem in Panama, specifically in Panama City. He explained that the city of Salem is not floating, but hanging from a space elevator, which could only work physically near the equator as a result of the new location iron city was designed with spanish signage and latin american architecture i have a they're question. that freaking specific about that and a lot like, of there a lot of signs in the motorball huh i'm sure he just pulled from the book i'm sure he's not being specific about it i'm sure that is the, the book no they're it's in a different book. spot in the book but um, they also you don't find out until like way later how um xylem is uh suspended like I'll I'll get into it when we talk if we get a chance to talk about Hugo's character more, but um, they they kind of postulate that there's something that's holding up this. I mean, obviously there's something in space that's holding up the city. It's not just floating, um, but yeah, it is. Um, I'm I'm not exactly sure where it's supposed to be set, but it is supposed to be set in. It's supposed to be set on Earth. Well, one of the things I got from the setting and just kind of the design of everything. We obviously know this is set in the future, and to me, with a lot of, and I know it's different from the manga, but like the naming conventions of the characters and also just kind of our general architecture and how the city's laid out and everything, I got kind of a vibe, almost like a multicultural to the point of it being like post-cultural sort of city or environment. So it's it's not like, you know go back to like early 20th century where you've got, you know, cities or urban areas kind of segmented by their populations. You know, you've got like immigrant populations and you've got, you know, all these different populations that kind of live separately. Um, in this future, to me, it almost seems like there's such a blending of all these different cultural influences that it becomes one kind of, you know, super culture. Um, and I don't know if that's. Keep going. I don't know if that's necessarily what they were going for, but that was certainly the vibe that I got from it. Yeah. In the beginning, Elita even asks uh, Ido, why are there so many languages? And so it kind of alludes to the fact that that is just kind of, the, you know, the, the world's just kind of become this melting pot. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Good way to put it. Where language is just kind of, it's like people just are doing whatever. They're just doing what they do. Makes sense to me. Okay. <clears throat> what did you mean with about the France thing or the Paris thing? Oh, the church looks like Notre Dame, but I was way off, so it's cool. Alrighty. Um, yeah, that's, I just wanted to talk about that uh, design of the buildings there. That always I find interesting. So No, uh, I agree. The world building in the film is like definitely the best part, next to the action. Um, 
but I'm like I'm I'm curious what we're gonna talk about here today because like we talk about a lot of sci-fi aspects and like you know what the film's trying to say and like to me I really liked the film well don't get me wrong I'm not about to like trash on it but it doesn't say anything it's like it it's says very action much battles are cool it's very much That's a blockbuster and like we could sit here all day and be like yeah this is a cool film this was a cool film but like. No, wasn't, I mean, didn't I, have anything substantial to add to the conversation. I, I think it does. I mean, I won't necessarily bring it out now because I know Billy Willie Jarvis has got his finger pretty high in the air. So I would be really curious to see what he has to say. But I definitely have some things that I, I got from the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I um, it's actually really interesting because at the end, I kind of got the feeling and it was very, very strong. Uh, I feel like it's pretty straightforward is that class warfare. I think that it, a lot of it is class warfare. Why, why are you rolling your eyes? Because like that's not like something new. They're not, they didn't say anything new about it. It was right. like eat the rich. Okay, like memes have been more articulate about that concept than right. this film was. Right. Like yeah, yeah b- but, big city in the sky bad. Yeah. Little guys on the ground yeah, good. Yeah, but do memes articulate the, the struggle that this was trying to show in the class warfare? Yeah. I mean, I see it, but it wasn't anything new or interesting or different. They actually don't say state in the movie what goes on up there. They don't really state that anybody has it better up there. They make um the point vector makes the point, you know, do you want to be a beggar up in, you know, do you want to be, you know, uh serve in heaven or do you want to rule in hell? Cuz he gives um Hugo the option to sort of um become like a bigger character than who who he is. He's he gives him the option to basically be who he is in the manga, which is a top level organ distributor. Um, but they don't really say it. I mean, you can kind of imply it's like, oh yeah, they're up there, you know, but, uh, they don't really say exactly what's up there. Sure. And like, if it turned out like, oh, it wasn't better up there. Or if it turned out, oh, it's, it's literally just Nova up there or something like that. Like all those things I'd be like, oh, Hey, that's cool. I wouldn't be surprised because like, it's, it's, it, this all seems, I mean, the, the manga is very old too is it not it like came out in 90 yeah so like i won't like accuse it of like ripping off of like other concepts but it's m- m- more probably the reverse in that a lot of pe- a lot of things have probably pulled a lot of inspiration from this in the past and it's i just didn't know it because i have never been connected to it before. right but uh it's not it's not very original you know it's just it's original in the technology and the designs that they've had i i thought it w- it looked fantastic and uh, of course, the use of the Uncanny Valley to um, finally forget the good of of filmmaking to illustrate a difference in in someone, um, not just uh, species wise, but also culturally. Now we learned by the end of it. So I thought that was a really clever way to do it because everyone, you know, obviously when they made it, and they're like, well, she doesn't look real. And it's like, yeah, well, that's the point. So it worked out well. Uh, I have no complaints with the movie except for the writing i thought the writing was lame at times um but other than that you know it was cool but i just i, I didn't think it was very original i have to agree on the lameness <laughs> because the first half hour i was about to shut that thing off because like the first the first half hour of the movie was like what the fuck am i watching this looks like a disney channel original movie and then like and then it got good and then it got brutal and yeah, yeah so yeah, you definitely can see how lame the writing yeah, is. It, when they were like strapping someone down to the street and just ripping parts off of them, I was like, this shit just got real. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> yeah, but even like 
you know, the the kid who played Hugo was, wasn't very forgettable. Good as it was. Very forgettable. But like, you could tell the stuff he was giving, he's being given to work with, was just like, what, what, I don't know. Like, I'm, I, I don't have any depth. Like, can you give me something to work with, Robert? Honestly, yeah. I mean, Hugo's characterization was just really bad, and I'm gonna. I know this is uh, much to your chagrin, Ben, but I'm going to continue comparing this to the manga. Hugo <laughs> doesn't even show up until the second volume, so he doesn't even show up until chapter seven. Um, this is after uh, Alita has already defeated um, uh, Gurishka, who's called Makaku in the uh, yeah. manga. Hmm. Um, so Makaku, he's not even there. Makaku. He's dead. Um, and then, yeah, the, in, in volume seven... Uh, Hugo is there, and the relationship between Hugo and Alita is all very one-sided. And they, the really, like, the disservice they do to Hugo's characters, they strip away all of his purpose. Yeah. You, 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 the, he tells you with his, he tells you verbally, I want to go up there. He never in the movie states why, and it is core to his character in the manga. That's it. It is. His you get his full backstory in the manga in these in the six chapters because he's only in volume two he still dies in the manga like in he he's only in those six chapters in the second volume he dies the exact same way he tries to climb up um, those uh, service tubes mm -hmm. that send stuff up to um, uh, uh, what's the name of the city Zylon Zylon yeah he, yeah he's climbing up and then those after you reach about five hundred meters uh, is when those um, uh, security rings come down so he dies the exact same way with alita holding on to him and then his arm breaks and he you know he says thank you and then his arm breaks i think it's zalem i think Zalem's she did sorry, yeah. i was like whatever it's fucking made up it's suffered. not even the it's not even the name that i read in the manga it's a different name too um but uh so the hugo's entire reason for wanting to get up there is because he was raised by his brother and sister-in-law his brother was a mechanical engineer who was obsessed with knowing how uh, Zalem worked, how it hung up there. And so he wanted to get up there. And so he was planning on building a hot air balloon to get up there. And he's like, his, his wife, you know, uh, Hugo's sister-in-law is like, yeah, but they're going to get you. And he's like, no, we'll be up so high that the hunter warriors won't even be able to reach us. Even if it gives us a better vantage, I want to see what's up here. I want to see how it works, even if I can't get up into space and see it. He's obviously not thinking. Right. This world is much out of the less, less fleshed out in the manga. Like it's just it doesn't have that kind of Spanish colonial architecture. It's just a, it's literally a city made of junk. But um, Hugo's. Hugo's sister-in-law on the day that they're supposed to go in the hot air balloon sends him on an errand far away and when he comes back the warehouse that he was building the hot air balloon is on fire there's a bunch of hunter warriors and Hugo's brothers decapitated they put it she she put a hit on him you you saw that they were putting bounties on people um she had put a bounty on him and so she betrayed him and effectively betrayed hugo as well so he ran off and became an orphan met up with vector who said you can go up there if you bring me a million credits and he didn't think he was going to do it like he just made up a number it's the exact same so that was the exact same is that vector promised this 
and the only way that they that anybody goes up to Zalem is in a bunch of organs in a crate. That's that's how they go up there. There's that's literally verbatim. And I'm like, wow, they went there. That was I was a lot more surprised by what they went for, because I was like, there's no way that any of this is going to show up like this. Some of this body horror stuff with like the uh, with the robotics and the stuff like that. I just see Jason not, just like, yeah, it's like it's like there's no way any of this is happening. And they went for it. And I'm like, ballsy. And then, yeah, James Cameron, he can do whatever he wants. Essentially, yeah. Well, so my my whole, I guess, take on this, because I know we were talking about, well, what is this movie really about or what is it trying to say? I don't think this film is necessarily as smart or or quite as heady as some of the things we're typically analyzing on this podcast. But nor is it trying to be. I it's just not, want to say it's not. No, which is why I'm not docking. It right. For and that. I, I think I think we agree there at the same time, too. You got to look at it. So the knowing a little bit about the backstory of this, because I looked it up. So this was like a James Cameron kind of pet project that he eventually relinquished control of because he wanted to focus on the Avatar sequels. So he, you know, more or less handpicked Robert Rodriguez to kind of continue his vision for this. But he obviously had a huge hand in writing it, preparing the story, everything else. I think one of the reasons he didn't make this film sooner was for a lot of the same reasons that he didn't pursue Avatar sooner, even although he had the idea, just because the technology wasn't there. To, to make the film that he wanted to make. But I think there's kind of a key thing with, and I, I guess you could argue even like 80s and early 90s James Cameron that you could certainly say about 21st century James Cameron is that he's about, you know, as subtle as a nuclear bomb. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the thing. You know, I don't think you're going to watch a James Cameron film for as incredible of a filmmaker as he is in terms of pure spectacle and pushing the technology. He's not a guy who really has any subtlety whatsoever. So I feel like you can definitely see pangs of that in the writing for this film in some of the themes that they hammer in on, almost just like Avatar. Like Avatar, from a visual spectacle standpoint, from, you know, just pushing filmmaking and pushing the technology, you know, I saw that in theaters opening night in, you know, the stereoscopic 3D, whatever, and my eyes melted. I mean, I couldn't believe it. It was incredible and still is incredible. I got a lot of the same feeling, and it's part of the reason why I think that Alita is a bit underrated for what it is, is from a technological standpoint or presentation standpoint, I think it's right there. I personally, as far as computer-generated imagery, graphics, and integration of real elements, flesh and blood elements with digitally created landscapes, backdrops, characters, this is, to me, kind of a new, a new standard. And when I watched it, so I watched it at home, I watched it in 4K Blu-ray, and I had that same experience, you know, from a, just a visual standpoint, purely visual standpoint, my brain melted. I was just in in awe for the two hours, the hour and a half of the movie. And I've only really had that happen to me a few times. I had it happen with Avatar, obviously. I had it happen with uh, Blade Runner 2049. And then, believe it or not, which this will be funny one, I don't know if any of you guys have seen it, but Tintin. So it's the same thing. Did not see the adventures right. of. Yes, Tintin, oh, the, the Spielberg, yeah, Peter I wanted, Jackson. I wanted to see that. From a, a visual standpoint, completely CGI, but it's just beautiful. I'm glad beautiful. you. I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of the CGI was done by Weta, hmm. which hey, is Peter okay. Jackson's CGI mm -hmm. company. Hmm. So it really pushes the envelope as far as that goes. But I think back to like the the themes or the thematic content we're talking about. 
yeah, I saw two things that kept kind of reoccurring, and I thought they handled them in a way that for it being as kind of accessible, I guess, as it is, and meant for as wide an audience as it was, opposed to like, you know, an Ad Astra or something like that that we've discussed where it, it kind of narrows in on some real heady concepts that maybe not everyone is generally wants to grapple with. It was a lot of social mobility. Certainly there was that kind of the class warfare element, but it was a lot of these characters asking, you know, they're looking at this ideal of this floating city. And I feel like they didn't go all the way as far as questioning why that desire for that mobility or for that change or to get there was actually there in the first place, but at least they were asking the question. The second thing I saw was a lot of, you know, being comfortable in your own shell or being yourself and being embracing that, not necessarily wanting to be someone different or someone who you aren't. So I thought that was a good message. Um, But again, I don't think I wouldn't I wouldn't single out the story per se. And and I'm not familiar or as familiar as like Miller is with the, the manga. But to me, I thought it told a coherent enough story that wrapped up its loose ends or whatever ends were created in a tight enough package where I was happy at the end of the film. And I was, you know, already the minute that the movie ended, I was on Google looking up Alita two because I was ready for part two and and I'm ready for part two. Um, I agree with that. I'd say, uh, you made a point about, um, uh, the visual aspects and like the, uh, I'd say the, suspension of disbelief kind of thing and i think uh they did a really good job and i think that this was the film to kind of um you know tread the uncanny valley i think ben said this point early the fact that you expect her to be different now if you now if you had a cgi character like will smith from gemini man (laughs) then you understand that when you're trying to actually make something that's supposed to look exactly like a person then that's the issue but since alita is supposed to look different you know manufactured then you start to understand you know why we think the way we do or why we see faces the way we do because we have expectations and so when we make films and we need full cgi characters the characters should never be full humans i don't think we'll ever get there i think we you know you said don't stop making cgi humans in daylight it just doesn't work but this worked with alita because we expect her to be different which is a very good point you guys made yeah yeah i mean it shows it shows that when technology is used right it works like now we have them talking about how james dean is going to be in a new movie like that makes me sad why can't they learn where where is this coming from? Like, I don't believe that there is a single audience member out there who has walked out of Terminator and been like, yeah, that that kid John Connor looked really good. <laughs> I don't think there was a single person who saw this. There's no way. And so, like, how how do they still keep doing this? I, I, I it baffles me. But this, you know, not just her. Because I should say, like, everyone else ha- was kind of, like, CG on, CG'd on, too. Like, all the big androids, like, they definitely weren't, like... It wasn't, like, them in a green suit. Like, it was, like, we're gonna just do this. We're like, gonna take full... your face and then just put it over Right, these. we're gonna do full yeah. mocap here. Like, especially, uh, uh... I keep forgetting his name. And I, like, tried to commit to memory, too. Big guy. 
Um, Babushka. Babushka. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Makaku or um, Grishka. <laughs> Makaku. That's, there you go, yeah. Grishka is what they called him. Grishka. The, uh... um, he, you could tell he was very much plastered onto his face. Like They were like, let's film his face. That's Jackie we'll Haley. I thought yeah, it was. Is, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh shit, Rorschach's here. Wow. Yep. Yeah, and actually- He's uh, great. He's so versatile. Uh, Zapan, um, that- that was uh, Dario that, Naharis. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was him either. I knew that was yeah. him from the trailers. I was like, because yeah. I think he was Dario like while Game of like I, in in Game of Thrones when trailers came out or something. Oh no, it would have been. Oh man, this feels it like it was so ago. long ago. It was like, it what, feels, season three. This feel, and the, and Alita feels like it came out for so long ago, but it came out ten months ago this year. Yeah. So anyway, uh, my point is that as usual. James Cameron used the technology to his advantage. He's an auteur. He's James Cameron's like, we need to ca- cover more Cameron. He Can raised, we do a Cameron month? He Dude, raises the bar. We have been doing a Cameron month. Have you not realized? I don't think you realize how many Cameron movies we've fucking yeah, done. Like, in the past few weeks, like, we got Terminator, we got this, this is one. The, this is the Paul W.S. Anderson slash James Cameron podcast. All right. What was the movie we did before Terminator? Somebody shoot. Gemini Man. Oh. Can we do True Lies? <laughs> No. <laughs> if we're doing that, then we're doing Titanic. <laughs> Fantastic film. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. What are I don't you doing, think he Bill? was in G Mini Man at all. <laughs> I was hoping for it, but But okay. they probably consulted. They were probably <laughs> like they were probably like, Hey James, should we do this? And he goes, No, no don't do that. <laughs> hey Jimmy. No, 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 he doesn't say Roy, no. He just don't goes, do that. I don't know goes, what James Cameron sounds he's a like. Canadian. <laughs> I wouldn't and then Better pack right your long jams. <laughs> So I have a question. This is kind of going to be, I guess, directed towards Miller because you have a familiarity with the manga that I don't have. But it kind of got me thinking about, and Ben made a point to this a little bit earlier when we were discussing it. So this got me thinking about, uh, I guess, the cycle of influence and the cycle that, you know, take sci-fi, kind of like our chosen topic here, has on things that come out maybe after, especially in the case of adaptation. So what I mean by that, that sounded really convoluted, but what I mean by that is you have a manga that came out in one form, in a printed form, right? Or an illustrated form in 1990. Yes. I would have to assume that that manga then influenced a ton of media in one way, shape or form. Yeah. And then it's, it's interesting because then by the time the film adaptation or the video game or whatever it is, the adaptation of that source material comes out, now it's 30 years later and then like we point to that and say well that seems kind of derivative of a lot of this other media that's come out when in all actuality and i'm just reaching here and that's kind of why i want you to clarify uh, you're 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 grasping exactly yeah. what i think you're in, trying in to all reach. actuality that was what inspired all of this other media so to me when i watched alita some of the cool stuff that well first of all let me just say that this movie was cool. This yeah. movie like, was. This movie was fucking. We're tipping cool. our hats, but this is a fucking good movie. And and that's the thing. Like, was it a great story? Was it you know incredible narrative, writing, dialogue? Absolutely not. But was it a cool movie? Was I rooting for Alita? You know, I mean, I absolutely. I thought it was great. I watched it with my wife. She had no clue, no clue at all. Going into the movie, she's like, "What are you watching?" Oh, this is this movie, Alita. You know, it, it came out six months ago. Wanted to watch it, never got a chance. You want to sit and watch it with me? Yeah, sure. Half an hour into it, oh, she's a badass. This is awesome. You know, so like that's cool that yeah. it, it 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 had that power to grab 
individuals who maybe wouldn't necessarily be into it otherwise or wouldn't be into the source material. So it's a cool movie. I think Alita is a really cool character. I thought a lot of the secondary and tertiary characters were really cool. The as we already discussed, the designs were really cool. Um, the action was really cool. But like some of these things I was seeing, it reminded me of uh, specifically and uh, Colin just touched on this too, with like the body horror elements or a lot of like the body modification elements, like a lot of cyberpunk stuff, a lot of stuff we've seen the last few years, uh, cyberpunk, you know, yeah. the game coming out, yeah, 2077, uh, 2077 <laughs> that, based off its own, um, the Deus Ex games. Yeah. The Deus Ex. Deus Ex. So that I was saw the big a lot thing. of that in this. Absolutely. So being a fan of, you know, the original Deus Ex games and then also human revolution and, um, I'm trying to think of what the other one that was called. Mankind. Mankind, Mankind Divided. Divided. So being a fan of that and and just loving those games and playing hours and hours and hours of those games, you see a lot of that in the character designs. So that leads me, you know, I'm like, as I'm watching it, thinking, well, did did those properties get influence from Alita 20 yeah. years ago or 30 Absolutely. years ago? I have then, to assume at this point. But it's interesting because then you kind of find yourself in this loop where Alita, the manga came out in 1990, influenced all this media that we have come to love, which in turn influenced, I'm assuming, the adaptation of Alita 30 years later. So it's kind of cool. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, what does it mean? I don't know, but it's just interesting to see. It's a which came first, a chicken or an egg. Yeah. And you, you absolutely hit the nail on the head because, I mean, a lot of this is just what cyber, like this is a, this whole transhumanism thing is just a subgenre of sci-fi you know mm-hmm. it existed before alita it existed before like aeon flux ghost in the shell all of these big transhumanism uh anime manga kind of things but yeah the, everything just informs future generations you know alita exists so mankind divided exists so you know x exists and then you eventually get back to the alita movie adaptation um so everything it's just it's all cyclical i mean we'll be talking about this in another 30 years when uh the next uh you know big adaptation comes and it's gonna we're gonna reference it's like you remember that episode we did on alita 30 years ago (laughs) it's like no it's like well i do it was a great episode if this podcast is going in 30 years i don't know if i'll be happy or mad well, how how much money are we making? The money. only way this podcast goes on for 30 years is if we're making money, which means you need to review this podcast. Review it. Review it. Review it. Sponsored by review it. Disney Plus. <laughs> there you have it, folks. No, I'm uh, okay. Um, does anyone else have any uh, points that they want to bring into this here? I feel like we tackled... We tackled a lot. I had I had questions I wanted to ask and through conversation you guys tackled it. Like Alita, big eyes, question mark. You guys crushed it. You know what's Knocked funny? It out of the fucking <laughs> <park>. insightful, <laughs> Colin. I, I, I like that you he, brought up he, all the He he is a conversation starter. <laughs> really like yeah. he's a man of yeah, wow. Well no, I wanted to talk about why specifically they made that choice. So yeah. I'm glad we I, did. I did want to take a moment just to highly commend Rosa Salazar. Yeah. Who 
gave one of the best performances of the year i would even go as far to say like don't get me wrong there were some lines that were just like Ugh, but she delivered them in in such a wonderful way of like this naive girl who's just trying to figure it out and she was able to work you know it's the ewan mcgregor situation i talked about he worked with the shitty script he had and in, in her in her case you could tell like the script was not the best but she worked with it and she Shit, she spat out a wonderful performance. So I, I heard that uh, her performance was so good that what I actually had to um, redesign a lot of their motion capture shit because she was so she was so subtle in everything that she was doing that they wanted to capture it. So very nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah she she forced them to change technology through her acting. That's awesome. That's... Yeah. <laughs> she's great, and I, I she is now she's never been on my radar ever. She's now someone who is now on my radar, and I will be looking eagerly for other movies about. I I honestly say that she is the reason that I like Alita. Yes, absolutely. honestly, like she is the reason that mm -hmm. if there were a lesser actress in that role, I probably would think that she's a super yeah. cheesy, yeah. shitty character. Yeah, completely, one hundred percent. You put Alita's name in the banner, they could have easily just called the Battle Angel mm -hmm. or or something stupid, but she's got to carry the movie to a certain extent because her name's on it. And she, yeah, she fucking knocked it out of the park. You know, everybody, I feel like everybody acted really well with the exception of Hugo, whose character was just underdeveloped in general. But 100%. Christoph Waltz is a powerhouse. Yeah, he he's great. never, he's, I don't think, uh, I don't think he's ever delivered a bad performance. Not no. anything I've seen. Um, I don't know, maybe you just think of this. Uh, what was the derogatory term they use for uh, people who have modifications? Hard, body. hard bodies. Hard bodies. That, that just sounds like a, that sounds like that's such a positive. A I don't know. That's a that's a nineteen eighties expression for a uh, Alita fit lady. Alita never got to tell Hugo that now she could have his hard body. Well, he never never got the chance. And uh, <laughs> no, he 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 he, he non continuity f like freaked out and then just climbed the thing for no reason because he had zero motivation because he was in love with so apparently so in love with Alita, but in the manga. It's very one-sided. She she doesn't pull her heart out literally and give it to him, but she's it is it's very apparent that he's she he is her first love. Uh, exactly. But she is not well his. he well, he doesn't love anything. He loves the only thing he loves is the idea of getting up to the floating city. Mm -hmm. He doesn't he doesn't care for anybody else. He I thought they did a pretty good job of showing that in this Really? I don't. Not at like all. He, Just showing his one-sidedness of the relationship, you don't no. think so? No. Like, like he, he felt very into her. Can, and especially, yeah, especially... Well, he initiates yeah. with her in the movie. Yeah, he initiates. He He's like... He goes in for the kiss. Alita in the manga has to chase him. It gets to the point where, like, she's, like, thinking. She's really... It's really... God, this is so good because she's a cyborg. And so you think, oh, she's only concerned with robot stuff. It's like, no, she's, like... a she's mostly a teenage girl who's very insecure about a boy that she likes and so she goes uh, she goes to tell him that she loves him and she says it and in her mind she's like freaking out and then he's like oh come on because he's brushing her off because he knows that he's got this bounty on his head and that he's gonna try to get up there and she like corners like she she pushed like has him pressed up against the wall and smashes the wall and she's like tell me how you feel about me <laughs> and it's like holy shit um but that doesn't happen like he's in in the movie he's very into her like yeah. he's very like 
being pursuant like he's very like he's like oh i'm gonna come to your game he's i'm gonna come to your motorball game motorball doesn't even get mentioned until the third volume so that's something okay. i uh, uh but, but it's uh, I, the point i'm trying to get into is that yeah he's his character's just super underdeveloped like they he he's they 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 didn't go in they what they chose the hollywood direction to go in with him here's my question do you still have to read them backwards uh actually the version that i read you didn't and okay. I was reading it backwards, like manga style, and uh, <laughs> so you were reading it out of order. Like, <laughs> I was like reading like the the pages, kind of like a little bit out of order. Still held up for the first couple of pages until I <laughs> realized, like I'm like five pages into the first chapter. I'm like, this is weird. Oh, this guy came back from the dead after it, well, he yeah, it's like the, ascended huh, up to the tomb. Okay, wait a second. This doesn't make sense. And and where I was reading it, it was thankfully just one page at a time. So I wasn't, so it's not like it was that jarring. Like, wait a second, is he coming back to life? Like, what, what am I meant? No, it's All like, right. I, I, I got it pretty you've, quick. But. You've convinced me then. I will cast aside <laughs> my hate for weebs. No, 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 no. And don't, I will read the book. Don't cast aside your hate for weebs because weeb is a subclass of fanboy. You're all the same. It's a subclass of fanboy, which is arguably worse than fanboy. I've been to those anime conventions. I've seen those people. That's quite the statement. I have one thing that I wanted to say. All of that was very interesting. Um, so I had a... Uh, and robots I, go vroom. <laughs> that was a good thing to say, Bill. All right, Colin, you want to wrap this up? <laughs> um, <laughs> robots go beep, beep, Miller. Okay. I have, I have one um, I have one shout out that I want to do is... Uh, I forget am I, if I butcher this, let me know. Uh, Mahershala Ali. Yeah, pretty right? close. Okay, Mahershala. Mahershala Ali. Um, I thought he was fantastic for the Jewish role name? he had to play. Uh, for uh, what is it, Vector? Yeah, Vector. Yeah, mm -hmm. Vector. I f I feel like he this guy emotes the fuck out of his role. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought that it, it's a very weird yeah. thing that I noticed was when um what is it called Nova takes over yeah. Vector. This guy can fucking physically act. It's so good. Like when he was dying. This, like yeah, no, that's he's, yeah, amazing. and it's Nova that's in his control of his body. He's like that seems fatal, but he's got this shit eating grin. Well, it's, it's like great. it's so hard for me to verbally express, but it's just so good. There's just this immediate. It's a different person. It's a different character, and he does a very good job. And yet he was woefully underused. He was, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, my, I think him you, and Christoph Waltz were the two strongest actors in the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They have you supporting. seen like a lot of Mahershala Ali stuff? I've seen like House of Cards and stuff. Not really. Ooh, uh, check out like Moonlight. Oh, check out. Yes, I did see Moonlight. Fantastic, okay. very good. Job. Um, oh, what was he just recently in that like is like getting big recognition? I'll I'll come back to you with that. Okay, he's he's a powerhouse man, and he's just has stepped up ever since he like broke out on House of Cards. Like he has just continued to to top the charts one after another until um oh uh green book green book i know oh, i, I know like it. that's a controversial film for no, no reason it's a fantastic that. film yeah, but it's that. controversial for no good reason uh but he is he is wonderful in it and and once again he commands the scene like he's 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 acting off of vigo mortensen mm -hmm. and he takes control of everything so that says something right there. Like when you can overact Vigo Mortensen or outact <laughs> Vigo Mortensen, that's something. Um, I had one more scene or thing I wanted to bring up just to get your guys' opinion on. 
So there was a sequence kind of towards the middle of the film, I would say. And I thought there was two scenes back to back that were just awesome. It, to me, really highlighted how cool I thought this film was just in general. Um, so it was the uh, like the bounty hunter saloon. Yeah, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also the sewer fight. With, yeah, uh, underneath Kansas. <laughs> yeah. So which I mean, if anything, chances are, if anything weird or stupid that you thought happens in this movie, it's just taken directly from the book. It's like. Okay, they're in the Bounty Hunter Saloon, and now they're underneath the Bounty Hunter Saloon. It's like, happened in the book. I don't know what to tell you. I didn't but those scenes were awesome. I thought that was awesome. I thought that yeah. was the most entertaining part mm-hmm. of the film. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought that yeah. that whole scene was really cool because it had this like old school, like uh, almost like the you know the Western bar yeah. brawl vibe. Um, that was when the character was kind of discovering that she's really powerful and knows her shit. You know. But um, I don't know, just in general, I thought the way that the action was handled and the character moments were handled was really cool. And uh, if I didn't love the movie before that, that scene to me just like really cemented it. So I don't know what you guys thought about that whole sequence in the middle. But it's I mean, the, the whole the whole manga is just one of those battle like action mangas. Like it's got story to it, which the stories it's decent, but a lot of it's like the fight scenes. So to see many of these shots which are just verbatim from the book yeah are really cool like when she does that big like drop kick on um grushka um in the back alley that's fucking from the book that big that um that weapon that ito had a rocket that, hammer that rock yeah that 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 rocket pick or that that it's like that's from the fucking book and i'm like oh my god they have that it was, was like, such a goofy was, weapon too it was like, so but it was cool what? it's so fucking thing. cool it was super cool it didn't yeah. make any sense at all no. but it was super cool but like that was the thing too and like i i guess to robert rodriguez and whoever did the you know the cinematography uh, for the movie to their credit like a lot of these cg heavy yeah. action movies you find they're, they're just shot so muddy or the cuts are so quick and you can't really see what's going on but for this film being as colorful as it was, I felt like the emphasis really was on the action and the fight scenes and it was all done really well. And the thing that they were able to capture that I thought was great was just the weight. Yeah. The, the, this machinery and these kind of, you know, the organic parts of these characters and the mechanical parts clashing and really selling that sense of, oh, these are two real things that are, right. you know, button up against yeah. each other. Because it's that so was... easy to just be like, oh, these are two wireframe models who are like, yeah. it reaches one and then stops. It's like, no, you felt, yeah. you felt the hit. And the set pieces were great. I, I thought that, you know, the scene we just discussed, yeah. the, uh, it was a speed, speed, uh, motorball, 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 yeah, motorball motorballs, yeah. the, the motorball sequence I thought was great. Like that had the potential to be like some stupid, like speed racer bullshit, mm-hmm. but it ended up being, a that really was, cool, was neat. so badass, really cool that was so scene. cool. The big action set pieces, yeah, in this were pretty, pretty spot on. All right, gentlemen, I think that is a great place. A good place. Uh, does anyone have any final thoughts for Alita: Battle Angel? I think we just gave them. Yeah. All right, perfect. All right, <laughs> so I'm gonna go around the table real quick. Let's get the good sci-fi, bad sci-fi, or any other type of sci-fi. Starting with uh, my man Ben. It was a very fun and exciting film that was not without its flaws. I regret not seeing it in theaters, and I could list off a hundred things wrong with the movie. But I forgive all of them because it was awesome, and I had a lot of fun. So uh, I will say good sci-fi and leave it at that. Jason. Um, 
I kind of would echo a lot of what Ben said. I'm really bummed that I didn't see this movie in theaters. Uh, it was high on my list. I really wanted to see it. I had kind of a crazy year in general, uh, and I just didn't have a lot of theater time, unfortunately, so I didn't make it. Uh, I am glad that I followed up and saw it, though, because I've got quite a list of movies that I said I was going to see when they got out of theaters, and I haven't seen them yet. So I was happy that I just took the time and, and watched this one. Um, same thing, not going to win any story awards or, you know, screenplay awards or writing awards, but visually stunning movie. Um, I thought the themes it did grapple with, it did a solid job with. And ultimately, I am one of the contingent, I think, that really hopes for a part two. I hope they get the opportunity to do it. There's a lot worse films and worse franchises that do get that second chance. I feel like this is a film where the the world building's been done. It's in place. I'd love to see a part two. I'd love to see him knock it out of the park and really make something truly special and hopefully elevates um, the source material. I would say good sci-fi. Not magnanimous sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> but good sci-fi. To that, there's a lot of source material that they can pull from, so I hope. I, uh... I as well am hoping for a sequel or maybe even several. I think that there's a lot, a lot they could explore there. Um, so we'll see with that. Uh, yeah, the writing was bad at times. There's there's points where the story kind of wanted to get started and it just kind of stopped itself short. Um, I will say that every time that happened, though, there was still something to make up for it. Um, a good shot. Uh, the CGI was beautiful, what have you. Um, I was never bored with the movie. I'll say that. I know, Bill, you said you uh, had a rough start with it, but it kind of pulled me in pretty fast. I don't know. Maybe it was just in the right mindset for it. But uh, I will say good sci-fi. Cool. Uh, I would say uh, it's good sci-fi. I liked it. I liked the setting. Uh, I'm very interested in the manga. Um, it... <laughs> It, it was definitely a, a very, very cool setting. It didn't make me question a lot of things about existence, obviously, but I really, really want a sequel. I really, really want to see where what's Edward Norton doing up there. OK, that's good sci fi. Thank you. Resident expert, Battle Angel. Uh, you read on. two volumes. I started the third. That's two more than me. I was going to say, that's two more than everybody. That literally makes him the resident expert. As much of an expert. Wikipedia page. Yeah, as much of an expert as uh, as one can be from having read, you know, 15 chapters. Um, I thought this was really, really great sci-fi. I I really liked it. I feel kind of like my um, experience watching it was only enhanced by consuming the small amount of the manga that I did. Um, because yeah, like I said, it covers a lot of the first, like a lot of the first two volumes are just in this movie. They still love letter to the fans. There's so many subtle details that you wouldn't notice unless you read the manga. You wouldn't notice the little blue oyster cult symbol on, uh, Zapan's head in the movie. If you didn't know that it was there prominently in the manga, you wouldn't notice, you know, the little references that the technology and the it's just it's a love letter to the fans you know but it's still they had to make it accessible for wide audiences you know they they had to make it a blockbuster i mean i can absolutely agree like it's not perfectly written but 
you know i mean the manga's got weird points in it too you know nothing's you know nothing's perfect it's fine i give it four battle angels out of five just one quick question yes one quick question ben you're fine one quick question is it a complete story as of right now so they finished it's complete yeah Uh, alita is done there's nine i think there's like nine volumes including a couple of side stories um but it's it's totally finished you could um find it places or buy it well, thank you for you can find it places. Can we, uh, can we get an Amazon affiliate link for that? Uh, not <laughs> no. yet. Anyways, um, all right, there you have it. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, please take this time to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Uh, specifically, I'm looking at you fine patricians on your iPhones uh, listening to this. Please leave us a review. It's very important. We love doing this, but uh, to keep doing it, we're going to need you to leave that review for us. So, And just a reminder that if we hit 50 reviews before the end of the year, we will be giving out two tickets to Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. So, Are they taking mine? Huh? Mm-hmm. They're yeah. taking my ticket? Oh, oh yes. yes. Yeah. You yeah. and okay. Caroline do not get to go anymore. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, that makes well, it no. easy. <laughs> if, uh, if, if we don't get the 50 reviews, then you guys can go. And yeah. You can go. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So, so it's in your best interest for us to not Make do sure well. you listen to this episode in January. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, Thank you, everyone. Until next time.